Should you be concerned about the 2022 rookie running back class so far in the NFL season? All that more in this episode of Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. This episode of the Locked On Dynasty Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can retrieve a 100% mm. instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, folks. I am your host uh, or co host, and whatever I am today, Kate Majuk. And I am, of course, as always, joined by. Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give me a follow at FF Ball Blast, and we're going to be uh, live tweeting you through all the, the Thursday night football action, uh, basically every game in the NFL season. So don't miss out on that and don't miss out on any new episodes. Be sure to subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on YouTube where we're currently streaming. Uh, you could be looking us in the eye right now and you're not it costs zero dollars to hit that subscribe button mm -hmm. so do it up marcus we are heading in to another week of football how are you feeling good uh this thursday night game that doesn't have quite the same uh energy and excitement behind it as chiefs chargers you know brown steelers tonight um so what's the, what's the game plan to like how many cups of coffee to keep you awake even though this is your beloved steelers you know, it's not going to take uh, a lot of coffee to keep me awake. I think the bigger question for me is how many drinks I'm going to need to have to get through this game as a Steelers fan. Because, guys, it's not pretty. Uh, yeah. I'm like set the over under or uh, pick higher or lower on the number of white claws I'm going to need to make my way. We need prize way. picks to, to put a projection because of Matt Canada for Kate. Yes. Four like. I, I think that would be a really, really fun uh, prop to work into the agenda. But you know what, Marcus? Like, it sounds like a really crappy matchup on paper, but I do I mean, think is. that this is like a lot of fantasy assets kind of all grumbled into one giant mashup. You have Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, like a lot of these players in tonight's game despite the fact yeah. that we're not excited about these offenses they're they're on our fantasy team so uh, we've got a uh an interesting night ahead of us i think by the way excellent use of the word grumbled uh, i love it very much but let's <laughs> just spend like two minutes on this brown Steeler game before we start talking about rookie running backs i saw the weather for tonight it's gonna be rainy it's gonna be cold it's gonna be windy can you trust any pass catcher in this game, maybe outside of Deontay Johnson? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think you can trust any of the pass catchers in nice weather. So it like, it's, it's definitely a challenging game. I think the only other player that I'm really not, not caring too much about uh, his effectiveness is Pat Fryermuth, who yeah. is just so intricately worked into the game plan has 50% 
of the Steelers end zone targets. Not that they get there that often, but still it counts and they're going to need him to move the chains, work the middle of the field. Um, I'm, I'm okay with them. How about on the Brown side of the ball? Uh, Is Kareem Hunt a must start Uh, has, you know, that touchdown Mm -hmm. upside Uh, TJ Watts out. So we know this defense is going to continue to kind of spread out as they look to fill those gaps. Any any interest in calling Kareem Hunt a must start tonight? Oh, maybe uh, he just hasn't played <laughs> against Pittsburgh very often in his career. He missed both games last year, um, but he was excellent in the playoff game. Was that twenty twenty? Uh, yeah, probably just because I think Cleveland's going to want to try to run the ball a lot, and they're probably going to utilize him a lot in the screen game. And Pittsburgh doesn't have the best linebackers in coverage. Probably, but only as a flex. Like I don't, I don't think you want to start him as your RB two or anything like that. But to be clear, since he is playing Thursday night, put him into your RB two spot. Yes, yes. Uh, don't leave him in the flex. But yes. um, a Kareem Hunt quietly with fifteen touches in each of the last two games. So I think uh, definitely a play that I I think is hard to leave on your bench at this point in the it season, feels like, especially if you have a dynasty. Yeah, team. and it feels like his style of play is actually a little bit better against Pittsburgh's defense than Chubb. Like, Chubb hasn't had a ton of success against the Steelers in the past, but Hunt has, right? Like, when he has played Pittsburgh, his slashing style, use him in the screen game, use him out wide or out in the slot as a receiver. I do think this is probably a game that I can see him maybe having similar amount of touches as Nick Chubb and maybe he's the guy that gets two touchdowns in this game and Chubb's the one that gets shut out. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think that, you know, there's just more levels of complexity to Kareem Hunt's game. Like Nick Chubb, what he has to do is just kind of bowl you over um, and like make one break through the defensive line and he's good. But like Kareem Hunt, I think has a little bit more versatility to his game that they're going to be able to utilize that against this, the Steelers defense. Um, I don't, I don't envision either of these teams looking to, to uh, throw many deep balls, no. especially if the weather's no. not going to be too fantastic right off the lake there, but I mean, it should be your, an interesting game. That and the quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett who just never throw the ball down the field. Or so is I, it Kenny Pickett? Do we see the debut no, of Kenny Pickett no. in Thursday night football? Who knows? Um, I, uh, you know, I don't think that putting him into a situation like on a short week where there's, you know, limited time for him to get caught up in the game plan, like for a rookie, especially, I have to imagine that those extra couple of days in uh, game prep is very important. So I don't, I don't think that we'll see him, but I don't know, uh, one more question before we dive into our rookie running backs. There's one more running back I want to get your thoughts on because I don't know what to do with this guy because I have him in pretty much all of my dynasty rosters, Marcus. That's Najee Harris, who is, um, I think, looked a little bit better last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, although weirdly coming off this like foot slash ankle, whatever it was, then all of a sudden he was fine. Like, it feels like there are a lot of ups and downs right now for Najee Harris. And uh, I'm not liking this roller coaster, but is this a product of the offensive line? Should I be worried about Najee? What are your thoughts? Maybe Um, because last year, his game was so much built on just 
a ridiculous uh, amount of touches, and he's just not getting the touches this year, and the efficiency remains bad. Now, I will say his one massive game last year, like in terms of rushing yards, happened against Cleveland in Week 17. The Browns are going to be without Jadavion Clowney, Chase Winovich. Their defensive tackles are among the worst in the NFL. If Najee doesn't get going tonight and he struggles and it's another one of those 15 carries for 55 yards and no touchdowns, that's when I get concerned. But I do think he sh- he should have a good game tonight, Kate. Uh, he had over uh, 100 scrimmage yards in both of their outings against the Cleveland Browns last season. Um, had a touchdown in both of those games. Uh, at least 90 rushing yards. Had a, a 188 rushing yard game yep. uh, last year, week 17. I think, um, yeah, this is definitely going to be a telltale game. And it's going to be a moment where we kind of probably engage what to expect. Yeah. It's a tipping point. If he, if he really struggles in this game, I think we get concerned. Um, but if he's good and he has hundred yards rushing and he's a touchdown, a couple of receptions, I think we're kind of getting back on the right track. Let's talk about some rookie running backs, Kate from this year and whether we're concerned or not after two games. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Nugenics. Are you having a hard time getting back in shape? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to everyone, and it can make it really difficult to stay in shape and feel energetic and be active. If you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym Nugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics Total T can help you re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. You can now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to 231-231. Text NFL 231-231 to get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo their most powerful fat killer ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast message and data rates may apply terms apply available in eugenics.com slash terms. All right, Kate, let's talk about some rookie running backs and how we're feeling after a couple of weeks. Let's just run through as many of these uh, as we can. Brees Hall. If I had a nickel for every time I left myself on mute, right. I would be, uh, a very, very rich woman. Very rich woman. <laughs> um, uh, so Brees Hall. Let's talk about Brees Hall because I do think he's one of the more interesting running backs uh, of this cohort here. Obviously, like if you drafted him in redraft, you probably took him in maybe the third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you drafted him in your dynasty leagues, uh, you probably took him with the rookie 101. Like yeah, you've got probably. a lot invested in Brees Hall. But um, looked much better in week two, uh, had seven rush attempts, 50 yards, two carries of 10 or more yards. Like you got to love uh, that breakaway potential. But Marcus, like it seems like this is probably going to continue to be a committee and this is going to be not the Brees Hall show. It's going to be uh, the Brees Hall, Michael Carter show. And yep. I don't think any of us baked Michael Carter into the equation when banking on Brees Hall. Or not enough, at least, right? Like, yep. I think the thing is, Michael Carter's just good at football. And the Jets also like Ty Johnson. I know we probably don't have to worry about Ty Johnson long term, but 
we saw Ty Johnson getting a few snaps and a few receptions, just enough to to kind of take away some of the flex appeal of Brees Hall. Overall, though, I'm not I'm not super worried long term. Uh, the snap percentage, I mean, 45 percent week one, 27 percent week two. I think as he matures and as the season goes on, that'll get closer to 50, maybe even 60 percent. But he's just never going to be a workhorse back in New York with Michael Carter on the roster. He's just too good of a player. Yeah, I think the the competition is too stiff, and that's not to say that uh, it's always going to be this sort of breakup. Like per, perhaps they're just kind of easing him into the offense. They have that luxury with Michael Carter on their roster, so. Maybe the intent is to get Brees Hall this full-time role like we all expected, but just not right now. And we got to be a little bit patient. So he's one of these guys that I'm holding if I have him on my team. If I don't, I think it's fair to send out some offers and see if there's anybody that's already willing to hit the panic button just because of that presence of Michael Carter. Because I do think that, I mean, from a – um, like a build standpoint, like Brees Hall fits more of that, uh, you know, mold of that prototypical running back that you want. And Michael Carter, just based on size alone, profiles more as that change of pace guy. Yep. So I'm willing to send out some offers for uh, Mr. Brees Hall. All right, next one, Kenneth Walker. This one's tough because Walker's only played one game. He he missed a lot of training camp in preseason with an injury. Uh, last week, four carries for 10 yards. He did catch, uh, had two receptions for five yards. Are you optimistic here? What are you thinking? Um, I'm cautious. I love the player. So like this is one of those instances where I'm not panicked about Kenneth Walker per se. Am I a little worried about just what he's going to do in general in this offense and what this offense is going to look like? Yeah. Um, you know, it it's kind of interesting because it's not like, Rashad Penny's getting a lot of the work. It just feels like, uh, you know, they're not running enough uh, offensive plays. They're not rushing the ball enough, which is so bizarre. Uh, now that Geno Smith's under center, they just can't Carroll's sustain drives. To air that's, it out. that's the problem, right? They just can't continue to get first down. So they're just not getting a lot of plays. Yeah, it, it's definitely concerning. Uh, from that standpoint, I'm not at all worried about Kenneth Walker from like a long-term dynasty standpoint. I think he's going to be just fine. But until the Seattle offense can generate some more plays uh, that aren't Geno Smith pass attempts, like, I don't know where, like what, where is the Pete Carroll of old uh, who just was force feeding us all the ball uh, and rushing at the goal line and, and taking it out of the quarterback's hands. Now he's putting it in the hands of the quarterback more than anybody. All right, Kate, the other running back uh, that was going right after Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker in draft was Rakab White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Haven't seen him a ton yet. Getting a little bit worried there? Yeah, a little bit. I think uh, we all saw uh, Chunky Lenny and assumed that, again, like, okay, there's no way this guy is going to be consistently worked into the game plan, but he has been. And the interesting part, I think, too, is like I thought that Rashad White is going to fill a role as a receiver, and I was like, okay, so we have all of these – assets every single receiver's banged up like this is an opportunity for us to maybe get him involved as a receiver from mm-hmm. the get and haven't seen it like it hasn't just hasn't been on the field so um i think i'm concerned from that standpoint 
Uh, and I, I don't think that the Bucks have as much incentive to get him involved in the game. So Here, I'm here's cautious. The, yeah, here's the rushing breakdown for Tampa Bay right now. 45 carries for Leonard Fournette, 8 for Rashad White, or Rashad White, 5 for Tom Brady, almost all of them on Neil Downs, and 2 for Julio Jones. Like That's that's the extent of their run game. And I think if you draft Rashad White, you're looking at this as like a long-term play, right? Hey, what's what does the future look like without Leonard Fournette, without Tom Brady? Remember, Fournette signed a big extension this offseason, so he's going to be there for a while. And I just don't know, like, is this offense going to be all that appealing when Tom Brady's gone? All right, let's take a quick break so we can talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live in-game betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Kate, let's just run through as many of these rookie running backs as possible. You just gave me your one or two sentence kind of elevator pitch on them. Uh, James Cook, RB4 right now in Dynasty for rookies. Uh, Overvalued. I want no piece of the Buffalo run game, period. Yeah, I I think he's going to eventually be decent, but never going to be enough that you feel great about him. He's, he's just set for vol- a career of volatility, yep. and I'm not I'm not having that. Like Devin Singletary's playing better than any running back in the game, and he's still getting pulled off the field. Like that's just what the Bills yep. are doing right now. Yep, I agree. Uh, next one, Damian Pierce, RB five. Uh, love, love, yeah. love. Um, uh, I've talked ad nauseum about Damian Pierce, uh, but showing when given the opportunity, got a a few more carries in week two, and you were able to see as he got more carries, him start to wear on those defenses. And I do think that's going to be a big part of his game. So as they continue to ramp up that workload, I think he's going to be um, just fine as an NFL running back. He looks so good. Uh, week one, 29% of the offensive snaps. Week two, 62%. Like that's that's what we want to see right there. Uh, Zamir White for the Raiders. Interesting. Uh, but again, cautious. I'm still, uh, am I the only one that's still a little bit concerned uh, regarding him in terms of like a health standpoint? Because I know he's healthy right now, but does his history of knee injuries concern you all from a, a dynasty standpoint? A little bit. The other thing is how quickly are we going to see him be involved last week? Kate, uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs got, show. Yeah. 20 carries the rest of the running backs on the roster. One feels like the Raiders are just going to use up Josh Jacobs this year. And then next year, Zumir white will have a chance to be like the early down player, maybe like in the Damian Harris role. And then, whether it's Amir Abdullah or somebody else, a receiver. It just, you got to wait a long time on Zamir White. That's the thing that makes me nervous. Brian Robinson, we both really liked him before. Um, obviously, the shooting sounds like he could be on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, let's get to a couple other of these ones, though. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, RB8. Um, I, I think that sounds about right. Uh, we've actually seen, I think, a surprising amount of work. Mm-hmm. from him like I, I wasn't expecting him to see uh as much field time as he has so far 
um, has had his ups and downs as the entire Chiefs offense has at this point, but averaging 4.9 yards per carry, um, just off to a, a solid enough start. He's been able to get some yards after contact, like just looks to be like a really good running back that fell in the draft, surprisingly, based on his play. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, he's been injured. We haven't really seen him at all. Uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, he's now injured, um, so we won't see him for a while. Tyler Algier for Atlanta, Pierre Strong, Hassan Haskins, Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren up to RP16. Any of those guys do anything for you? Uh, I think uh, the one I'm probably most interested in right now, and it's probably a little bit surprising, but uh, Hassan Haskins, who like I – I think we all expected Derrick Henry to come in and get 100% of the the rushing snaps, which like Henry's gotten off to a relatively slow start for Derrick Henry's st- standards. And we've seen a little bit more rotation, I feel like, at the running back position, and they're getting other guys' touches. I think that Haskins could definitely start to carve out his role as uh, the RB2 for this offense. And I think he's got... Um, Plenty, plenty of upside. Uh, the question you might ask is like, what do we do with this offense? I'm not entirely sure at this point, but like he's got a nice build. Um, he's got a big frame, 228, 6'2". Like he's a he's a big boy, and mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe I don't know. Uh, he's a stash for me. I will also mention because you didn't do it, uh, Jalen Warren. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to crush me with that. Listen, I don't want I don't want this to be offensive to you, but Kate, if I just close my eyes and I don't see the the hair sticking out of Najee's helmet, I can't tell the difference between who's the better player right now between Harris and Warren. And I know that sounds like blasphemy, but I think it actually sp- speaks to how well Jill and Warren is playing. Like I, I kind of think he might be just more explosive than Najee, and obviously Najee's going to get a million chances because he's the first round pick. He's the guy Pittsburgh invested in, but. If Najee were to go down for any length of time, I think Warren's an instant RB2 with a lot of upside. My concern uh, really regarding that evaluation comes from my concern with the offense and my concern with the play calling, not so much with Jalen Warren. I do. I agree. I think he looks fantastic. I think he's looked a little bit better than Najee, to be totally honest. And I'm willing to say that as the biggest Najee Harris fan in the room right now. And I, I think you're right, but um, I mean, he's definitely the guy. If, uh, if you're looking to get the Steelers backup running back, he's the guy uh, it, you can leave Benny Snell on your dynasty waivers. Uh, this is the new man in town. And um, but, you know, again, TBD on what that role would really mean. I think he would have a significant role if Najee were down, but would it be efficient or would it be a volume play? Who knows? But either way, that's a valuable, um, I think it's a valuable asset because we know that the, the the lead back for the Steelers is going to get the bulk of the touches there. And it's not completely unprecedented to see like somebody draft a running back high and then have a later round pick or an undrafted free agent just like eventually beat them out. Um, it, it, I mean, a, a case that we could kind of use of recently is like Trey Sermon was a third round pick for the 49ers, came from Ohio State, and Elijah Mitchell beat him out in training camp. That's obviously not going to happen with Warren and Najee right now, but it wouldn't shock me, Kate, if like in a year or two, 
we're seeing like a full 50-50 split just because there's not that big of a difference. And you might as well find ways to get both of them on the field and keep them fresh. I feel like you're trying to hurt me, but that's fine. I think it's a fair take. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just, just pointing out. Well, we got to keep it real on this podcast. Jalen Warren's a good player. I, I don't know what else we can say. He's just a, he's a really, really good player. So don't, don't get too upset about that. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Kate and I will be back on Friday to break down this awesome, awesome Thursday night football game between the Steelers and Browns with the point totals only 38 tonight. Yeah. Uh, make sure you follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time.